Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian, Rob, and Michael Piuna. I am Rich Levine. And guys, in today's show, we'll talk about the Celtics Media Day. We'll look forward to Celtics Training Camp. And also maybe hit a little bit about Carrie Irving's mea culpa, I guess if we can call it that, in Brooklyn at the beginning of his new season. Uh, first, we'll ask you to please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen. It's a huge help for us in our numbers. Give us a follow on Twitter. That's at WinningPlaysPod. Shout out to CLNS Media for hosting the show. And finally, shout out to betonline.ag for being the best sponsor that we've ever had. Uh, guys, welcome back. How, what did we take? Two weeks off? Is that right? Yeah, recharge the batteries here. Yeah, but, uh, so you want to recharge them with, a, with a trivia question? It's great to wait, be back. I've been waiting great three weeks back. for this. Let's go. Yeah, so there's a, there's a chance I might have asked a version of this like at some episode a, a year or so ago, but let's just go with it. Okay, <laughs> since 1980, guys. Five former number one overall picks have suited up for the Boston Celtics. Since 1980, five former number one overall picks have played for the Boston Celtics. Uh, Want to tell me who those guys are? Uh, Michael Oluwakandi Candy's one. first one I was going to guess, B-Rub. And, and he is the <laughs> inspiration. That, that that's he, the first one that comes to mind. He's the inspiration for this question, too. We'll get to that at the end. So, yeah, Michael Oluwakandi, that's number one. I've already mentioned uh, one of the other guys. Oh, Kyrie Irving? In the 30 seconds we've been recording. That's right. Kyrie Irving Kyrie. is two. Um, yeah. I want to say Anthony Bennett, but that's the red clause, so that doesn't count. That's, that's a good guess, but no, that, he'll be the sixth man. Uh, two, of these guys <laughs> are, two of these guys are Hall of Famers. Oh, and Shaq? Shaq is another one. You got three out of five. Um, so 19... Are they? Are they uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you guys. But the the yeah. old one, Bill Walton, was the number mm-hmm. one overall pick. He played for the Celtics obviously yeah. in 1986. And never nervous, Purvis Ellison was also a number one. I was gonna pick. say him. I didn't know he was number. Freddie was number one. He was. So three out of five. Our that's picks. pretty good. Yeah, it's early. Um, but the reason I bring up, I brought it up, is because <laughs> it reminded me of one of my favorite training camp stories slash media day stories ever. B Rob, were you covering the team in in 07, the 07 08? championship no i was not so do you remember that the year before that awful season michael olowakandy was on the celtics obviously Mm -hmm. so he was on the celtics briefly then the off season that's when everything happened that's when they when they traded for ray on draft night that's when they traded for uh for kg in august and michael olowakandy's uh contract was up like he was no longer on the celtics after that 0607 team uh 0607 season uh, and then media day comes around for the 07-08 year, and 
Oluwakani just showed up. Unannounced. <laughs> I was, uh, was one, one of my friends at the time was working was working PR for the Celtics, and they had everything set up for media day. You know, they, you know everyone because you know how they do it. Like everyone gets matched up with a with an employee, and they take him sure. around, and they have all the all the stations set up. And Michael Oluwakani just showed up. It was almost like a. Uh, not quite like a George Costanza, like, you know, when you fired and just show up the next day, like you didn't right. quit. But that's like, pretty he, close. He, 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 he was just no longer under contract. And then, no, like, apparently Tony Allen was the only one that really had a, had a reaction. He was just like, he, he, he just says like, I didn't realize this dude was still on the team, but they didn't, they didn't know what to do. So they just let him go through media day and then informed him after oh afterwards that he was no longer under contract. Wait, so what a legend, did, huh? did he not know that he was, uh, not under, no longer with the team, or was it? Was it? So it's a little <laughs> something he'll he'll never. How do you know do? about Media Day? Like maybe maybe we need to to follow up with him about it. All, all I know is that he was no longer under contract. <laughs> the team had the team had no expectation that a player, a former player, would be showing up for, especially with the, with the state of the team. Maybe it's easy to get lost in the shuffle with everything that was going on with KG and, and Ray and all that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't know what to do. Yeah, so they just let him go through media day. And I don't know if maybe they sat him down afterwards and like, hey, dude, listen, you're you're not on the team. You don't even work here. I, um, maybe it's more I like never, Kramer. I'm gonna have to, I uh, never knew that story, but that is, that's an all-timer. Yeah, that's very funny. I think, uh, B-Rob, you should do an oral history of I, that. I'm going to be asking about, yeah, 100% ask, shaking some trees on this at training camp today. <laughs> There and if are it turn- a number of employees that are around. <laughs> and if it turns out to not be true, let's just just, just ignore it and pretend that it's a it's yeah. a real story because no. it's a beautiful story. Much better. We'll let it live forever if it's not. <laughs> um, luckily, there were none of those that we saw uh, at Monday's media day with the Celtics. But who would, it was a pretty – uh, you guys didn't miss too much. Real quick, who, who would be the most likely like former Celtic, recent former Celtic, do you think, to show up without a contract to – to, to show up, yeah. Ooh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, uh, yeah, let's come back to it. Maybe there's not a good answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a. Yeah, I don't have something that comes. Yabu, maybe. Oh, that's that beautiful. Be my guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Um, but yeah, we haven't. You know, training camp has begun. We're you know a couple days in the books here. Um. Normally at scrimmage, you know, training camp is the one week where we as media can actually get to watch some scrimmages and stuff. Um, But we haven't even gotten a taste of that yet. Uh, The best we've gotten is some shooting drills and one-on-one play. Uh, So uh, Brad Stevens is playing it pretty close to the vest so far in terms of how he wants to operate it, which I don't blame him for given how last year went. But I have five questions for you guys that I want us to debate today. Um, just both training camp questions and full season questions for for this group. And I mean, the number one, I'll just start it simply here. Um, what, what's your what's your starting five for this group? Because you know, while a lot of things were cleared out this off season, this still isn't a, a clear cut answer at all, in my estimation. Okay. Um, well, I, I well let's start with the most obvious players i mean kemba's gonna start at the one uh tatum will be in the starting lineup in some capacity and then i think at the five i guess this isn't so obvious but i think ennis Cantor's going to start uh would be my guess okay. let's talk about that quickly i'm with you 100 percent on that um 
just based on him taking the discount to sign here, I think like you, he automatically gets that spot. Should that be the case, Rich? Do you think, or is that like, you know, do they not need to cater like that? Uh, I don't think they need to cater like that. Was there something about? Was he wearing like a like a green starters jersey? I thought I saw a tweet about that at some point. Like, like was there any indication like the color of jersey that five guys may have been wearing, or do you think it's more just they're just it's just kind of random? Is I think I honestly think that Stevens is setting it up randomly where he's just like it, he was wearing a green jersey, but like so was Smart. Like there were eight guys wearing a green jersey, and <laughs> six of them were like you know guys who could start. So. No, yeah. I don't. Know I mean, it's something interesting. He took a discount. Like, you think that was just the market for him? You meant, you, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there were, there are a couple teams that were interested in him, but I don't think too many people are you know bending over backwards to pay a center right now in this market with you know his weaknesses too much money on us, particularly on like a long term commitment. Um, but so I, I we're in agreement that Cantor would be the five or Rich. Do you do you think it's going to be Tice or, or Robert Williams or anybody else? Uh, or Vincent? I was hoping you were going to say. Yeah. Well, I was I was thinking I'm a little bit about like because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I, I know that Mike. I think you're on with me about this, but I, I'm thinking like that Gordon Hayward should should probably come off the bench to start the season as a six man. And there's something kind of like a. A, a Montrez Harrell kind of Lou Williams connection maybe if you had Cantor and, and and Hayward both coming off the bench and then ultimately they could both finish if you wanted to and if you need some because I don't know who, who's the best defensive center on this team if you need someone that can that can guard and beat or, or Drummond not, you know not that Drummond has too many offensive weapons but you know what I mean a big body to do that is who's the best option I don't I'm not even sure can Vincent play defense? Taco. <laughs> I think they hope they they have to hope Vincent can play defense. I think that's their best as far as like guarding true bigs. Like he's their with bulk, he's their best bet. He's kind of their only bet because Cantor will get eaten up by the likes of Embiid. Uh, Robert Williams, I think, just doesn't have the strength at this point. Hope I think he could play. Like he could be very valuable as a rim protector, but as far as post play goes, I wouldn't count him and then Tice is just I mean on a game to game basis I th- I'm personally okay with Cantor battling opposing big men like Embiid is someone who sure like you're no one is defending him in single coverage in the whole league so like that's that's just like that's not going to be happening this season but I'm perfectly fine with Cantor you know if they want to post him up go ahead I mean his his obvious weaknesses are more in space than anything else but um right I think the the so rounding out the starting five for me the Marcus Smart Jalen Brown Gordon Hayward threesome for two of the remaining spots like uh, Rich you said that uh, you know you think Gordon will probably come off the bench I keep flip flopping on this and I, I'm not exactly sure where I land but right now today I think I would rather have Marcus Smart off the bench as the kind of like not necessarily Kemba's backup, but just kind of someone who can run the second unit, uh, handle the ball, distribute it, run a pick and roll. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think he might be a better fit. And it just seems weird psychologically to have Gordon Hayward come off the bench given 
his role, uh, his expectations this season, his contract, which can't be uh, ignored. Um, so for me, the starting five on opening day is going to be Kemba, Gordon, Jalen, Tatum, and Cantor. All right, and I'm and I'm the same except for, um, for Marcus instead of instead of Gordon. That's fair. Because you just yeah, what's your so you just like Gordon as a do everything six man rich? Yeah, and and this with the, and this is you know with the caveat as we learned two years ago, sometimes it only takes three minutes for everything to change. But like you know, ever it's going to be maybe a week before someone goes down or someone misses the game, and everything is going to be very fluid. Uh, I just think for me. It's just a matter of like shots, you know, and and I think that just gives Gordon a little bit more of ability to maybe be himself, and and, and obviously Tatum's going to be out there a, a lot anyways. It's not like you know coming off the bench means that Gordon and, and Tatum are not going to play together at all, but it just it it opens up it opens everything up a little bit more, and 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 you don't have to worry about who's getting the shots, and and Gordon can take control with the second unit, and maybe you know whether it's Kemba or Tatum can take control with the starters, and then when it comes to finishing, you know that's when you have to really become a team, but just to start and just to. And, and and the psychological thing, I guess that just depends on Gordon. Depends on where his head is. I'm sure this is something that they've talked about a lot, and and maybe they've already decided that he's going to start. And this is a ridiculous conversation, but I, I just I would just like to see him be able to spread his wings a little bit without worrying about stepping on other people's toes. Yeah, I mean that's so. I'll round this out. I, I again, I think all, both of you guys make a cases. Um, I personally would bring Jalen off the bench um, because I just think you want, in terms of like giving up the shots, I think him kind of taking the reins off him in a six-man role so he doesn't have to worry about, you know, getting what's his and, you know, being having a versatile guy from a defensive standpoint in that slot. Um, I think that is key because I think you need Gordon. I think you need based on him working out for the summer here and how they're again talking him up right now in his contract like Mike mentioned I think he's in there and then from a defensive standpoint next to Kemba to kind of take the onus off of Kemba I think taking smart out of that starting five is 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 tough based on how good he was last year and and the amount of versatility he gives them so I mean it's clearly a situation where one of those whoever starts like uh, smart and Hayward is going to go to the bench quickly and kind of maybe, you know, come back with the bench unit anyway as a ball handler if Jalen comes off the pine. But I still think, um, and I guess as a as a, from a defensive standpoint, I think I like um, and just a balance standpoint, I like the Kemba Smart Hayward Tatum Cantor. Uh, so you lineup. that's interesting that you are kind of discounting Jalen's defense. No, I mean I like I like his defense. I like Smart's defense more. With with this like next to Kemba. Okay, that's fair. And Hayward, I mean like the Hayward versus Jalen defense question is I think very interesting. Jalen I mean Hayward I think is just a headier defender from an IQ standpoint, from an awareness standpoint. But Jalen obviously has gone progressively better and if he avoids lapses, um that has kind of sprung up here and there throughout the past few years like that closes up a big hole in his game one thing is clear i have talked to both these guys about this question both of these guys very much want to start wait who's both 
Jalen and Gordon. Really? Um, yes. Like, they were both like, yeah, like, we we're obviously willing to do anything, but that's a question for Brad. Um, I think they're all mature enough to swallow it and not, like, make, you know, a scene about it. But I think it's very evident that they both very much want and to. And I see. think it, it just makes sense to have them both start like for the for if for nothing else like the sake of a locker room which i think should be a priority for this team this this season like jalen's in a contract year and i know we're gonna, gonna talk about that a little bit later but that matters and his approach to this season like he's not it's understandable that he doesn't want to come off the bench um you know marcus smart got paid um so and marcus smart just seems like the consummate team first player who um, outside of role and just you know how much that makes sense to have him sacrifice like he's, he just seems like the most willing party to do so right just because yeah, he's mean, the most willing ago, though, he volunteered to come off the bench but just because he's the most willing that's a little bit dangerous just to say okay we're going to do that because it's the easier thing to do and I understand what you're saying about not wanting the ruffle feathers and that but at the end of the day you got to do what you really think is best for, for your team from like a, a player standpoint I believe uh, my one pushback on on Jalen uh, B Rob is that is just the playmaking. Can he be the center of that that second team offense? Can he, you know, if if the ball is consistently in his hands, is he going to be able to make other guys better? Like we know Gordon can, like we know Marcus can. So I would expect one of those guys to be in there with him for the majority of his stint, anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Like they like he come grabs one like I one of Kemba, Hayward, and Smart, I expect to be on the floor at all times. Um barring like Brad Wanamaker looking great and like <laughs> Stevens trusting him for a few minutes in the second quarter. Um so he's not gonna be like you're not gonna put him out there with a bunch of rookies, Jalen, and expect things to go well. But if you bound I mean, I expect a lot of mixing and matching with the lineups. Um so I like Jalen just as a a clear featured option who doesn't have to fight for his, his shots. And I think that happens easier in the second unit than it would next to, you know, like we saw last year, Tatum, Hayward, and now Kemba instead of Kyrie. Um, can I ask you guys a quick question before we move on? Please. Uh, can you believe that the NFL season is already a month old? Uh, it's kind of nuts, Rich. <laughs> to, to celebrate another season kickoff, betonline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, please see online, BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for this bonus. Um, and do we have more on the starter? Do you, do you, have, do you want to go to our to, to number two on our on our five debate topics? Yeah, no, let's, I think we're good. Let's go to number two. I, I love the fact that there is no consensus. Like, you can make a case for anything and very much be right. So I just like, it's. I'm fascinated to see how. Also, Brad I was right. This. <laughs> but in saying when Marcus right, well, is going to come off the bench um, yeah but just generally everything okay. If, okay yeah that's fair if I had to bet on it I would go with Mike knowing like Brad Stevens MO 
of just loving Smart off the bench. And uh, now that and now that Marcus, ask, Marcus has his first first team all defense. B Rob, he can he can win it as the, as the sixth man, right? Right. I'm gonna ask him about this today. This <laughs> is gonna be a see if he can be the first to do it off the bench. All right. Question number two. Um. Two part question. Number one, which center apostrophe and then in parentheses with an S or centers win a spot in the rotation? And flop question: Does is this the worst center rotation in the league on paper? <laughs> well, they they're, they're, they have the numbers, right? <laughs> You know the odds are maybe that that one of these guys is gonna is gonna turn into something legit. I mean, Cantor's already pretty legit. So who, yeah. I, th- I think that I think that Cantor, Williams, and Vincent all are in a spot. Ooh, can't okay. So Tyson um, and Taco. I mean, we've like I think the center position will. You know, you're gonna see. You could see Shemi there for moments you're going to possibly see mm-hmm. grant williams there for moments so i think it's it's going to be a very fluid position i i don't know how many minutes at the end of the day you know once this team settles into what it is will be available for tice i think you want to give robert williams an opportunity because i mean you want to see what he can do just athletically and he seems to have a lot of untapped potential um that we haven't seen yet and then Cantor is just going to get, you know, he'll he'll be there at the start, and I think they'll see how it goes. So, but it, the second part of your question is really interesting about, is this the worst center rotation in the league? I mean, there's, as we all know, and anyone who watches the NBA knows, like, the center position is just terrible right now. So, like, if you scroll through just, like, depth charts across the league, there are some really bad, uh center rotations um you know the atlanta hawks for one just off the top of the dome like alex len and damian jones is basically what it is uh maybe some john collins and if you throw john collins there then that's a different conversation but there's there's some there's some really bad uh center rotations um across the league but boston's is also pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) so we like bottom five for the Celtics, what would you guys like again on paper? I don't, I, don't, I expect this to change if one of these guys pops, but like, I don't know. I'd take Alex Len, I think, over that is guys that's, yeah, like that's now. really sad. <laughs> I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I would not for the record. Um, did you say Damian Jones is on Atlanta, Atlanta now? Yeah, they, Golden yeah, State they, they tra- Golden State traded him in the offseason. Oh, mm. yeah, I don't Sorry, know. I mean. Dumb. Like the Hornets, is the Cody Zeller their starting center? Is that? I mean, I talked to if we're comparing the Celtics to the Hornets, we're we're in trouble. Right, right. The the, the Wizards are it's Thomas not... Bryant and Jan Mahinmi and maybe yeah. Mo Wagner. I don't mm. really know what position he is. Who would you rather have right Thomas now? Thomas Bryant. Th- would you rather have Thomas Bryant or or Time Lord? Ooh, I would rather question. have Thomas Bryant. Yeah. He can shoot the three, so I think you gotta go with him. But it, apparently, his defense is is not good, so <laughs> um, that could change quickly. Um, I gotta stick up for my guy Tice here. 
Um, of course. He's been in the system. He's been in the Sweet. system for three years. Yeah. Or two years. He was really good a couple years. Like, uh, two years ago, we were talking about, oh, maybe he's going to be like a long-term replacement for Baines as like a 15-minute Was that your fan when, fiction uh, who was talking about that? <laughs> no, this was, this was like two years ago. This is pre... Go back and watch some tape of two years ago before the knee injury. Again, if, I'm with you. The knee injury. If he if he can't move, then like this is you can shit on me for this, and we can discount this whole argument. But like he can in the pick and roll, he is really good as a roller. And his three point shooting last like last year was kind of some found money. Um, defensively, he's got to get a lot better. He fouled way too much last year, and he's just not gonna survive uh, much with a. Uh, on paper or worse defense around him um but i think in terms of familiarity and what this team wants to truly space the floor um i mean tice is could be the the leader for backup minutes there i feel like and yeah i, I think it comes I also, down to you said found money yeah Rich, i'll say ahead. real quick that if, if if he can if he can consistently hit that that i mean consistently but if, if he can hit a three he shot 38 percent last year he didn't tank very many but you know Time Lord's not there. It, Cantor, I know we talk a little bit about him shooting threes. Um, I don't think Vincent has much range, so he could be that guy that could stretch a little bit. That, that's that's his best chance to get into the into the rotation. I think. You go ahead, Mike. I think op- offensively, whichever center is most comfortable, you know, standing at the elbow, maybe finding cutters, uh, running DHOs, like whoever is can kind of fill that role. Forget about just spacing the floor i think brad will have a lot of confidence in um which makes me think that i mean ennis ennis is a pretty underrated passer i think so that could be a fit for him on the offensive end at least uh, that we haven't really discussed but yeah i mean just going back to it like this the center rotations it's just it's just not good like i i i I can definitely (laughs) see a, a lot of unconventional uh players playing up a position you think it's going to come down a lot to like your to your top five argument, Mike? Oh, of course, yeah. We'll see a lot of those. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, all right, let's move to question three here. Um, which rookies or rookie earned the trust of Brad Stevens this year and for spot minutes or more? Um, I'll use this as a disclaimer. We, can, we um, can't say Grant Williams. If you look at <laughs> you can't I mean no you can say Grant I'm just going like just some history of Brad Stevens with rookies um you know out you know Tatum and Smart obviously got big minutes their rookie year for for clear reasons but um even you know Jalen Brown was kind of in and out of the rotation as number three pick his rookie year uh, obviously there's a lot of talent on that team and then other rookies uh first round picks recently Robert Williams uh, Terry Rozier, Yabu, James Young, R.J. Hunter, Kelly, uh, Kelly. Mm. Yeah, I guess Kelly. He was there for us. That's another good one. So he was probably number three. Uh, he was probably on its even tier with Jalen in terms of playing time his rookie year. But generally, Brad Stevens not super friendly in terms of just throwing rookies out there uh, to earn their lumps. You gotta you gotta earn it with him. It seems like. Yeah. Um, I would have definitely guessed that. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I would have definitely guessed that Marcus that Marcus Smart played a year with Doc Rivers for some reason. 
That surprised me when you said we mentioned his rookie year playing with Brad, playing under Brad Stevens. But uh, Grant Williams, how old is he? He's old yet. He's older, he's right? Twenty. Oh wow. Okay. Um, but I think I think Grant uh, and Carson Edwards both find their way onto the court this year. I think you're going to need a little bit of that instant offense that Carson Edwards can bring. And I know, B-Rob, you're, you're fully on board with this. Um, Romeo, I don't, my sights are not set too high. You know, the fact that he's, he hasn't been cleared for scrimmaging yet. Is that right, B-Rob? Or he has? So apparently he tweaked his – he was cleared and then he tweaked his groin, so he's been out of action for mm-hmm. the first couple of days. Got him. Um, showing off the new jump shot <laughs> a bunch after we're practiced, I guess. I, I saw that. Drills, but that's it didn't look that great. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can. Lankford is going to be. I don't know if this is going to be like a redshirt year for Lankford, um, but I'll be curious to see if he doesn't make the rotation. If they like send him down to Maine to work on that shot. Yeah, how much? I was about to ask. Like, I feel like Romeo. I my 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 excitement level with him is like steadily increased just because I keep forgetting he's on the team. And then when I'm reminded, it's like, oh, yeah, they drafted this dude in the lottery. And he was one of the best players in his high school class like two years ago. And I don't know, like it seems like there's a lot of upside there. And, you know, he could be James Young or he could be something else. Um, So I don't think that just because of the position and the size that he has that he'll play a ton his as a, as a rookie with you know Gordon Jalen Tatum all those guys already on the team um I, I mean if I had to pick one rookie like Grant Williams just really stands out just because how mature his game is like Rich you you thought he was a lot older than he actually is just because yeah. when you watch him play basketball he's so intelligent and uh so fluid and so cerebral but um, so Grant is is kind of the guy, and it'd be really interesting to see if he can fit in as a center um, in spots this year, especially if some of the guys that we talked about before get hurt, which is you know that happens every season. Um, Carson Edwards is 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 just kind of like a bucket filler upper, and that'd be fun to watch him. And I don't know, I, I, like I I don't know what his impact will be. Like defensively, he seems a little bit vulnerable um but we'll see um and if this team wants that that instant offense off the bench and he's able to provide it then i can see him getting spot minutes here and there but not it's not really something that i'm 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 leaning towards actually happening be up yeah i like i like carson here um <laughs> with grant williams as a close second um i feel like the just getting buckets for the second unit is going to be a problem and I think that's why Edwards is going to, you know, carve out 10 to 15 minutes a night. Um, since guys like, you know, you know, you have, if you just look who could be, obviously whoever comes off the bench, like say Smart comes off the bench, like that's good, but that's not a bucket getter. And then what else do you have around him to score? Like, you know, Shemi, like Brad Wanamaker, um, Time Lord, Tice, like, no, none of those guys are going to get you uh, buckets. Like, Edwards will come out there and be able to be a, a, a strong secondary option, kind of recap it on or off the ball. Um, and again, defensively, he was better than I thought. Like, he can, he actually gets into guys. You, you can't really play him with Kemba because, you know, 
you're going to be giving up a lot of size there. But if he can, you know, he can body up, you know, he can pressure the point guard a little bit and make himself felt that way. So uh, I think that's there. And I mean, the Grant Williams Ojale battle for minutes, I think it's going to be fascinating. But I do think Williams might have the inside track there, just based off the fact he's a bit more versatile on the offensive end than than Shemi. And I think that's you know they're going to need that off the bench. And talking about uh, if we talk about the centers, B Rob, and you know all the options that they have there, whether it's you know Cantor, Tice, you now Taco, uh, Vincent. If uh, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about Carson Edwards now, like if if Marcus or or, or Kemba needs to miss a few games, there there aren't any other guards on the roster besides Brad Wanamaker. I mean, you got some guys that you could use maybe to, you know, that can handle the ball. I mean, Gordon can handle the ball, but like the the depth on and the guards. I think Carson is probably going to be forced into a little bit of action, you know, whether Brad wants it or not. If if Brad Wanamaker kind of came back and then gets beat out by Carson Edwards and sits another season on the bench, like it's probably the best thing for the team in terms of the long term, obviously. But poor Brad, if that happens. <laughs> How many uh, how many games does Taco play this year? Does he play one game for the Celtics? That's good over under. Uh, over under. Considering 0.5. he did every single Celtics kick, every single Celtics community event this summer, I'm taking the over. As like they'll sign him at some point, whether it's a ten day or a two way. He's not making the roster, but like that's for sure. I think he'll be around in some capacity. I want him to play against the Pelicans, and I want him to block Zion. That would be <laughs> cool. That's but I don't think that's ever going to happen. But yeah, so I I would probably take the under personally. Wow, it's, it's what's your what's your bet, Rich? Yeah, I'm really I'm really trying. I'm going to say he plays. I'm going to say he plays. I'll take the over. The over on point five games. I don't feel great about it, but I don't know. So he's not. So so so. What happens if he doesn't make this team? He he starts in in Maine, or he has to he has to go through waivers, and and maybe he ends up with someone else. He has else. to go through waivers, right? So it sounds like his or his agent is peddling. I think this was an interview with the Globe that you know they're not gonna. He's not gonna make it through waivers. Kind of threatening that. <laughs> I mean that's. It's very crowded around the NBA right now. I'm not sure any team is gonna, you know, take a flyer on him and dump someone else at this point. Um, so, but if he does make it through waivers, then he gets, you know, his contract situated where it makes sense for him to go to the Red Claws since he gets a big bonus um, for doing that. And then, obviously, this that's probably the best case scenario for the Celtics. You can develop him down there for a year and see if you can make him, you know, useful for situationally down the line. Uh, do we want to go to number four here? Lovely. Let's do it. All right. Um, Jalen Brown obviously is eligible for a contract extension with the Celtics. Those talks have begun. Uh, and I wrote a little bit about this uh, at bostonsportsjournal.com, just talking to Jalen about it. And we know the odds are heavily in favor of there not being a deal. Um but with that said, what uh, what would you guys offer? Like, how high would you go for Jalen now if you're the Celtics? Like, what's and could it realistically get close, um, or is it a no shot for an extension? I'm trading him. 
before the season or in season? No, in season. I, I just I don't I think it's I think that's just the way to do it. I don't know. I'm not I'm not I'm not maxing him out. That's for sure. Um, I just don't know. I think given Tatum, given I guess we want to see how Gordon is. You know, maybe it's different if Gordon once again isn't where he needs to be or or anywhere close to the expectations that everyone is setting for him right now. Then like that's different. Then maybe you need Jalen around. But if Gordon's going to be closer to Gordon and Tatum is going to keep going forward, I just think you trade Jalen. And get and get you know, get get some get some size get something else that you actually need a little bit more. I think it'd be better for everybody. I would rather trade Gordon than trade Jalen personally. Hmm. Even not knowing what Gordon might be this this season. Well, no, I'm talking about if I have to trade one of these two, and I'm looking at them on the court, and one guy is 23, 20, whatever, however old Jalen is, and healthy and improving and i'm not really sure what his ceiling is and then one other one is uh considerably older i think what is is gordon 30 yet is i think he's 30 okay well he's probably turning 30 this year then and because that's how birthdays work and um uh, i agree with you on that thank you and uh like he's <laughs> he's making a ton of money and uh i know it's we've talked earlier about this and how difficult it will be to trade someone on that contract who does not measure up but uh you know that you're also running a risk of uh, inevitably losing him for nothing because I, I just don't know if if uh if when his contract is up what that that negotiation will look like and what his free agency will look like uh, down the line, um, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but yeah, I, I, I with Jalen, going back to your original question, B. Rob. Uh, I mean, I would offer like, I don't know, five years, hundred mil. That might be that might be my absolute max offer for for him right now. Yeah. And the problem is Jalen is going to be, they, I think that's a reasonable offer. I think Jalen's going to be like, no way to even something like that. I think to, to get him even thinking about it, I think it'd have to be like four years in the 90 to $95 million range, which is short of the max, but still feels pretty high based on his track record. Um, but I don't know, like Karis LeVert took a three years fifty two million, which I feel again, he has a bigger injury history to worry about. Um but that seemed like very team friendly, um comparatively, especially, you know, compared to the the Murray and and Simmons contracts. That I mean that extension is very interesting just because, you know, if you talk to anyone around the league that, that that's a very intriguing trade ship. Um and Sure. So I would be weary of if I was Jalen of ever accepting anything like that, and I think that Karis is Karis is interesting because you know I would say that his ceiling as a player, or at least his ceiling from what we've seen so far, uh, just the best of Karis Levert has been more impressive than the best of Jalen Brown. So for him to take that contract, you know, there obviously there is the injury history, but I, I can, can I can see them, you know, moving him at the right. Like that's just a really a really valuable trade chip for them. Um, Jalen's never going to take a contract like that in a million years. The Celtics would be over the moon. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would do the five year, 
hundred mil. I feel like that is also tradable, and you know, it sounds like it's so funny, like hundred million dollars, just poo pooing it. But that's the that's the NBA yeah. right now. Like how I'm like the range of Jalen's deals that he could get is is huge. I feel like based on the outcome of this season, because if he has another so so year, and the three point shooting you know stays under thirty five percent, there's not a ton of teams with big cap room next summer. So like. And there's also going to be a lot of intriguing restricted free agents out there. So, like, I think it'll be hard for him to get anywhere near of what he wants um, in, without a good year here. On the flip side, if he does, then, like, you got the home, his hometown Hawks out there that could have some big money to spend and could use someone at it, that position. Um, but there really aren't, you know, a ton of teams that have max space or would want to use max space on a guy with you know Jalen's uncertain potential yeah no I mean I'm just I'm just looking at it's still crazy that that two years ago he shot 39 percent pretty much 40 percent from three Mm -hmm. and he was shooting a lot I mean he was shooting four and four and a half a game so it seems like something something was in there, you know. And I, I mean, he's such a like, he, you know, he's I don't want to say he's in his head. Maybe he th- he overthinks a little bit too much. So like, you know, who knows what was going on last year? It was going on two years ago when he was actually hitting the shots. But you know, that's a little bit that's a little bit. Uh, it can be a little bit optimistic looking at that. But either way, like I said, I just it just seems like the timing of everything that maybe he is just meant to be somewhere else. And Atlanta is interesting because they could be halfway decent depending what happens with Trey Young and and John Collins moving forward this year and the next. Like. That could be actually not only could it be his hometown team, but it could be kind of an appealing spot. The more I think about the Hawks, the more I think like they're they're they would be aiming higher than Jalen Brown. Um, also, they've you know they've drafted a little bit on the wing there with Hunter and Reddish, so it's not like That's he's. It, it seems like when you think about that team, you think about Collins and Trey Young, but I think they're you know they've already got a, pieces in the pipeline that do or conceivably will do what Jalen does at a much cheaper price. So if I were them, I would, I would, I mean, they should be looking at stars is what they established stars is what they should be doing, but I guess we'll see. They're also the Hawks. So we'll see how, (laughs) how, how how much luck they have getting those people to come. They also have Jabari Parker. Maybe he'll finally, (laughs) finally come around. Oh gosh. That was something that made no sense, but that's bless you. Thank you. Um. All right, so let's wrap things up with question number five, and this is more of a a broader question. We had a, a the closing five stuff we've already talked about in a recent podcast. Like so I steered clear to that, since that will obviously come up as we go. But this is just a general question. Um, does this Celtics team have enough? reliable outside shooting to get by. And I, I present that question with pointing out that four of the team's five three-point shooters from last year or high-volume three-point shooters are now playing for different teams with Kyrie, Marcus Morris, 
um, Al Horford, and believe it or not, Terry Rozier. <laughs> um, so you have you know you have some guys coming out with down years. You have guys on paper that yeah they're capable of hitting a three. Like obviously Jalen Hayward, Smart, Tatum, but then you look at the front court with Tice and a bunch of non-shooters. Grant Williams and Ojale, question marks there. Uh, not much of a backup backcourt. What what do we what do we think here? It's interesting. Great, great analysis, Rich. Um, um. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just 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 taking it through. I mean, I think I think that Kemba is going to become more of a three point shooter this year than he's ever been. I mean, he shot. I mean, he attempted eight point nine a game last year, so it's not like he wasn't shooting them. But I think that he's going to really. Is he going to crack ten? 10 a game I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked you know I just I just just in the in the flow of the game where he's not going to have have the ball he could probably get some more open shots just in just in rotations and stuff I think that that he's going to be maybe at the forefront of the three-point whether whether that's good or bad he did shoot 40 percent three years ago um so he has it he has it in him but yeah it's, it's a good question they certainly don't have any you know other than maybe Edwards who's maybe a little undersized they don't have guys that you would say are shooters you know tatum is a shooter but he hasn't really taken that extra step back until hopefully this year but uh but yeah it's an interesting question gordon can do it too but uh, that that could be something that they, that they want to target as as they try to 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 shore things up moving forward if, if there is some player movement they want to get some someone that can shoot just going off my memory i feel like gordon missed a lot of makeable threes last season and I, I feel like I'm, sure. I'm expecting those to drop this year. He's a he's a quality spot three point shooter. At least he was in Utah. Um, yeah, Kemba. I, I feel like the expect. I don't know if the expectation should be above forty percent from three, but he's going to be, as you said, Rich. He's going to be getting a lot of much better looks, a lot of more spot looks. I mean, he was one of the uh, more high volume pull up three point shooters last year, and you know, racing around a DHO and just having to get your shot off in an instant. And he did a pretty good job at that, but defenses can't just you know, 100% focus on Kemba Walker uh, this season. So I feel like he'll, he's going to get a lot more uh, 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 better looks from behind the three-point line. Uh, Marcus Smart is kind of like a question mark for me just because like last year he was, he was really good, um, but you know, could that be an aberration? We'll see. And with Jalen, I'm I'm confident in Jalen's three point shot, and uh, I feel like Tatum is going to go up a level. And I mean, we might see. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but like we might see sidestep threes, like step back threes. I feel like he's already he's like that's the thing that can really push him to a different level. And if he's going to be an all star, these are the types of shots that he's going to have to take and make. Will we see any James Harden? One-legged sidestep threes from Jason Tatum. <laughs> in his career, yes, I, f- I feel like if that's where basketball's uh-huh. going, then someone who you know projects to be one of the best scorers in the league will have that in his arsenal. And let's just say that as, as a rookie, Jason yeah, T- I, Tatum shot forty-four percent from three-point land as a, as, a, as a rookie. Yeah, he was ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's. Uh, there, just get that Kobe out of him, and 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 he'll, and he'll be back. I think this is all going to come down, or a lot of this is going to come down to is one of these bigs, whether it's Cantor, 
Tice, Grant Williams, has to just turn into like a respected threat from beyond the arc. I think it's going to be very like they need to have someone they can trust there, you know, to pull a big man out of the paint, um, to maximize their offense. Because if if that's not the case, and so whenever you have a like a big on the floor, they're going to be, you know, not a liability but an issue with spacing. I think that's going to make it real tough for this offense, you know, especially late in games and kind of maybe force Brad's hand to, I mean, who knows? Maybe it would be better if they go just the, the, you know, the best five lineup, like you wrote about Mike more, but I think that's, you know, that's an option they need. They need one of those guys to kind of pop. And there, there are ways like when you have a big who, who can't shoot threes, like there are ways you can, run like screen the screener action and have him run up and you know his man is going to be dropping because they're not worried about him behind the three-point line but you can pick off that defender and have Cantor kind of run out to the three-point line and set a screen for someone like Kemba or someone like Tatum to launch an open pull-up three I could see that happening a lot this season with the fives that they have just because they're not really threats like Tice can be a pick and pop threat but like if that's a part of your offense on a consistent basis like good luck to you um but I could see that happening with the, like all the other fives that play and even semi Ojale to a degree and I mean Shemi like if he plays you know you're expecting him to be able to knock down corner threes that's a big part of his game and I think the same can be said for uh Grant Williams if he is able to to kind of nudge his way into the rotation you're going to want to see him knock down open threes when granted the chance um no pun intended pun intended uh, or no? but I like that. Okay, yeah. no 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 pun intended um but yeah I, I i feel like this team has a lot can can space the floor for one another in a lot of really intriguing ways and like it, it's it, they have enviable shooting i feel like i, I don't really see the three-point shooting as that much of a concern when you compare it to other teams around the league I mean, I think that's what they're betting on, no question. They have, as far as, like, what the potential of what guys can shoot, it should be no problem. It's just it'll be a more of a matter of, like you talked about, are they are guys, like, was Smarts last year an aberration, or is that the norm now? And can Brown, bounce, and, Brown and Hayward start making those shots that they couldn't hit last year? Um, one final bonus question to wrap up on really quick, because, and I'll preface this by saying Brad Stevens started training camp by being like we're all in on defense we're really emphasizing the defense and playing together out of the gate is this team going to be better on offense or defense this year i'm on the record with offense i just think that that is like where where are you, where are you putting them like give me your i think they have to be a top i think they have to be a ranking. top 10 offense um which is not necessarily a given in the brad stevens era um, it would be a. I think it would be a pretty big disappointment if they were not top ten in offense, and I think they're going to play a lot faster as well. Um, defensively, like my expectation is league average. I just think it's really hard on a night at night out basis if you have like just about no rim protection and you you are as vulnerable as they are on the glass. Um, but, like, I'm cautiously optimistic that they can be a little higher than league average. Um, you know, like, 12, 13 range. That would be nice. Um, 
I I know we've talked about it earlier, B Rob. I think you're a little bit higher on their defense than than I am, but uh, offensively, I think is where they need to hang their hat this season. And you know, top ten definitely. If they can punch up even a little bit higher than that, uh, they could be pretty dangerous. Yeah, and I think it's possible that that when he says that they got to focus on defense, it might be because they just are a worse defensive team than they are an offensive team. You know, it's going to take a lot more work on defense to get to that point where, uh, you know, where you can still be successful, where your offense is good enough and your defense just isn't so bad that it's going to take away from that. So, yeah, I think I think that the that they will be a better offensive team, but I understand why they need to focus more on defense because that's where. So, you know, like you said, they just don't have just on paper. It's not a team that you're going to look at and be like, oh, boy, like outside of Marcus Smart. Right. Um, There's no one you really worry about on the defensive end. If anything, you look at Kemba, you look at you could canter. You probably even look at at Tatum at this stage in his career. And you might think like that's something that we can probably exploit more than we're scared of. Especially if Tatum's going to be playing up, you know, if he's going to be playing some four this year. So I was a few guys um, probably before training camp started, but after just hearing them talk about this and knowing Brad Stevens' track record from a defensive standpoint in the NBA, I think this will be a better defensive team than offense. I think it'll be close. I think they'll both be around like 10. Um, But I just look at it from, while there are a lot of questions in the middle, um from a perimeter standpoint, I think Hayward, Brown, and Smart can all be plus defenders. And you look at just what Brad Stevens was saying. I know you don't have Baines or Horford to lean on, but that's like two years ago. This was like, a, I think they were the number one defense in the league. Um, the, you know, Kyrie's first year with even Hayward out there. And I think from an effort standpoint, from a schematic standpoint, he can, you know, there's a lot of guys that can really get after it. And I just don't think offensively, like you have a lot of potential there, but you still don't have guys that can get to the free throw line a lot. So I think it's still going to be hard for them to be elite there without some big shooting gains. So I don't know. I guess I think they, they know they need to, the defense is what will give them a chance to win every night. Cause that's the thing they can control. And so I think that's what's, that's what my bet is on. Fair. And I'm still I'm slightly optimistic about Cantor. I mean, obviously he's got he's had his issues, but the thing that's so, he's he's obviously big, he's obviously incredibly strong, he's obviously athletic. Like the basis is there for him to like. And I know he's not it's totally very quick, you wouldn't call it, but like it seems like he has these a lot of the raw tools to be a decent defender. And if he's just decent, that could be enough for the Celtics. And maybe that's just a matter of finding the right scheme, finding the right way to use him, and maybe Brad can do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. That year nine. I mean, he was whatever. I guess he was. He played for Scotty Brooks. Got to the conference finals with him last year in Fort Yeah, exactly. Right. The, he hasn't. He hasn't played for a lot of good. Like he, when he was put into a system with like in Portland that kind of suited him, and when he was going up against teams that couldn't play him off the floor, like Denver, then he held up, you know, pretty well. There. Until so he was maybe. benched, but yes. Not against, was he Denver, against Denver, but against the Warriors. Oh yeah, against Golden State. Yeah, like obviously those teams, like you're not you're you're gonna get played off the floor. But 
luckily I feel like there's a lot of teams in the East that are going to stay big. And so, like, with, you know, Milwaukee, Philly, Indy, so, you know, you can't see those teams downsizing too much, which should help his playing time, I would think. But we'll see. It'll be fascinating. A lot of, a lot of questions to answer. We'll have plenty more to cover in the coming uh, weeks. First preseason game, Sunday night, boys. Is that right? Cherry Rosier's re- return to the garden. Is he actually going to play? Ooh, they're gonna be, uh... I a lot of these guys so. aren't playing, but whatever. I mean, four preseason games. Terry likes to play a lot. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> it. Um, For $56 million, no. but he better be playing. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Uh, we'll have to bet online over under shot attempts for Terry. No, he's in his gonna... first pre- or, uh, preseason stuff because he can't. He might drop 50. You don't know how many minutes he's going to play, but yeah, it's it's going to be a scene. But we'll uh, we'll be back with you guys next week since we'll be able to react to some actual uh, game action, see if we start getting some answers to some of these questions and uh, get only less than three weeks out to the regular season opener as well. So we'll be inching quite closer. So thanks for listening. Uh, spread the word. We'll be back you know, for podcasts weekly, sometimes more than, you know, twice a week as the season goes on. So spread the word about winning plays to your friends. Um, and don't forget to follow up on that Michael Oluwakandi. Michael, Michael Oluwakandi story. Follow up on that beer up. See if we can get to the to the root of it. Thank you for that reminder, Rich. Yeah. That is, we will open up next podcast with the truth on that one. So <laughs> stay tuned.